In association with nzhikes.co.nz, welcome to Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers, true tales of adventure from the wilds of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Alright, dear listeners, welcome back to Bushwing, the wrestlers. I'm one host, Cam Clark, joining me as always, Mark Wilson. Mark, how are you today? Oh, kia ora, namaste, and a very good morning to you, Cam. I am, uh, I'm good, I'm good. We're closer to progress than what we were last time we checked in, but we'll talk about the old uh, injury recovery thing soon. Yes, yeah, so Mark, we have we have a whole segment for that. What are you, yeah, what know, are you doing? Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, you did, know, you even, wanna... did you even look at the structure document that I that I sent you? Do you do you even look at our planning document at all? Well, when I click on an email, it goes from being unread to read, and that's good <laughs> enough. It's telling me that I've read it, so problem, you know, solved. <laughs> It says that go. it's read, so I must have read it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So um, you, you just lead the way, is okay, all I'll say. Very well. Now, um, I, I, uh, in the news, um, something that would uh, is, is pertains to um, one of the topics of our podcast, uh, I noticed that there is now an official uh, parliamentary select committee looking at... Uh, possibly what would happen if we uh, officially changed uh, the name of New Zealand to Aotearoa. Did you hear about this? No, I haven't, but uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, so it's so it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's the first time there's ever been enough of a, a collective will to even think about doing it, you know? So mm. it, it probably won't work. Like, there's probably too, too many people that would still be against it. Um, but yep. I just found that interesting. Start. Yeah, no, no, it's it's and like our uh, flag referendum, which never really went anywhere. No, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, yep. it's, it's a strange part of our identity which we're still yep. trying to find as a nation. Uh, I would also add the and cannabis that's... referendum to that one as well, which uh, yes, very close to the finish line there, very close. Yeah, but you can't have a draw in those things. No. Although the uh, the the fl- the flag referendum did give us the joy of uh, laser kiwi. So. Oh, of course, and 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 look, wonderful listeners out there. If you don't know what laser kiwi is, just Google it, and that could have been our national flag. It had an opportunity. That was an official entrance in the New Zealand flag mm. competition, a very popular one. Uh, did not mm. win. Did not win. Um, oh, now also, uh, this uh, this this segment is. I'm either going to call it old business or research corner. Um, so uh, last week. Uh, Mark mentioned uh, a very colourful name for a plant called uh, Horrid Spaniard. And, uh, we had a bit of a discussion about, like, well, why is it called that? That's an interesting name. Uh, so, uh, your old uh, teacher friend here, Cam, has uh, done some research. Uh, this is what I've discovered. Uh, lecture starts now. <clears throat> a Cephalilia horrida, also known as Horrid Spaniard or Speargrass, was first described by New Zealand botanist Walter Oliver in the early 1900s. The name Acephila, from the Latin acicula, needle, and the Greek philum, leaf, meaning needle leaf, and horrida, meaning prickly or bristly. 
Acephilia horrida is a large alpine herb growing up to one meter in moist tussock herb field or open mountain shrubland. It belongs to the genus Acephila of the Umbilifrae and it is part of the carrot family. They grow tussock-like clumps with large leaves which are deeply divided into hard, rigid segments tipped by needle-sharp spines. It is suggested that the excessive spininess is a defense against browsing animals in pre-human times in New Zealand, which would have been the mowers or that the hard, thin spines help it survive the fierce alpine winds. The Maori name for the plant is Taramia. Now the tribe most common to the area is the Naitahu, and they would use the plant in various ways. They would use a rope to pull the plant out of the ground to get the tubers for food. The rest of the plant was hung above a fire to extract a sweet-smelling resin that was used as chewing gum and the molding of jewellery. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, collected... Uh, information about horrid spaniard not called horrid because it's horrible called horrid because the latin horrida translates as bristly there you go wow wow uh, or bastard grass it's <laughs> yeah, another now another name funny funny no no mention of who first coined the term bastard grass uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't find no. couldn't find that one out Okay, all right. Well, 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 at least we know the other part. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was interesting, a little bit of research on that. Now, uh, Mark. Thank you for that. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, we're, we're an educational show, if anything. Uh, yep. Now, Mark, can we please have a Mark Injury Update? Hey! Okie doke. So uh, as the health system collapses... Around us, we're into winter, of course, here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And along with COVID, we've got lots of flus going around. So as we were talking last week, it was, I think it was 118% or something like that, the uh, hospitals were at, and I think they're even worse now. But I did get to have a CT scan. And uh, I've had pretty much every other scan apart from a CT scan, so mm -hmm. kind of knew what to expect. Um, but with the CT scan, you get a IV line put straight into a vein before you go in. And right. so in I come, and I talk to the, uh, to the nurse. I'm going to call this guy a nurse. I think he was a nurse. Um, nice guy, really funny. I think he was Japanese, which is annoying because I could have busted out some Japanese with him. Mm -hmm. um, but he puts this thing in, and I feel okay for a while. And then I think, uh-oh, I, I feel a little bit hot, a little bit sweaty. So I ask him where there's a bathroom, and I go into the bathroom, and I feel pretty average. So I wash my face down a little bit with water, have a few drinks of water, and I start to slowly feel better again. And then I go back and sit down and wait for my scan. The dude comes back and he gets me, takes me to the scan. And as he's going, I'm like, I better probably mention that I just had that kind of reaction. And his answer to me was that, oh, sometimes big, strong, musty men, they faint. <laughs> so I guess that was his way of telling me it was normal to feel that way. Um, and so I had the CT scan, which was really quick and... The hospital has been completely rebuilt after the earthquakes of 2011, 2010. So all the stuff state of the art, brand new. So it was quite cool, in and out. And then I'm waiting to get this thing pulled out. And due to the lack of staff at the hospital, 
Um, it was around five o'clock in the evening, and everyone's going home. Yeah. And I keep hearing them saying, remember there's two, and there was a word, and I'm guessing that refers to people with things jammed into their arm still. So me and this lady had these things still stuck in our arm, and everyone's leaving. And everyone keeps telling us, oh, don't worry, somebody will come and sort that out soon. <laughs> uh, and then eventually, <laughs> this one last lady comes, and when she pulls it out, it's amazing how long the thing actually is. I didn't realize that. I kind of looked away. Um, and so scan was done, and off I go into the uh, wild blue wander. And, uh, yeah, that's where we sit at this point in time. So you're the waiting for scan next... results right now. Yep, yep. So okay. that'll be on the 15th. So that's um, it's coming up really soon. Well, this is amazing. This is just this is just gonna this segment's just gonna keep going. We just we we, we just we're just mining this for so much, such good content. Keep getting injured, like absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that's for the hernias, uh, right? This the scan is all about the hernias, well, right? Well, we've had a radiologist and a doctor say that there's hernias, but then we've had another doctor say that there's not. Hence, getting the CT scan. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, the good thing about the CT scan is what I've been told: the Rolls Royce of scans so it's as good as it gets and it can look at everything as far as the structure around my hip goes because i've had a lot of abdomen pain and yep. your abdomen's not your hip so there, there's probably something going on yeah. that could be yeah and again different. that's that that makes sense that it would be the hernias because you're you're engaging your front muscles to make up for the the back muscles not the hip muscles mm. not being there working right mm. Mm. yeah and there's little things like um Going to the physio, got a really good physio because she can. She just looked at me, and could tell I was breathing through the chest as opposed to through the diaphragm, through the stomach. Right. And I'm doing that because I'm not wanting to put any pressure on my stomach. Because and I'm doing that without knowing. Like my body is protecting itself. So. Okay. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, watch this space. All right. Well, uh, good luck for yeah. the next one, and uh, hope hopefully next episode we'll have another update. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. So, Mark, uh, give us a little background. What do you got for us uh, this week, episode three? Well, it's been really snowy here in New Zealand, Aotearoa, and... So I thought it was good to go to a winter mission. Um, now we started when I got lost in Hakatere, and that's a conservation area to the west of Christchurch, um, Canterbury, where me and Cam grew up. Uh, and this mission, slightly different variants on this mission, but this was a, a telltale sign of why you should go to a hut first in good or reasonable weather. Um, and you shouldn't go to a hut for the first time in interesting or winter weather. Um, so the tale that I'll be telling you today, Cam, um, it's very close to your heart as well because you've been there. And so as I'm telling you, you'll be able to picture the parts oh, of fantastic. this adventure. Because this adventure today is into the Cameron Valley. All right. Well... Mark, thank you very much. Lovely little intro. I'm looking forward to uh, imagining the uh, the actual place on this one. So, without further ado, Mark, take us on a match. All right. So it was mid-winter, and in New Zealand, we have a sort of a sometimes epic winter in the sense that there is a lot of snow, 
and then we have winters where sometimes there's not a lot uh, there is heaps of snow and um, the winter I'm talking about was one of those disappointing ones now I worked for six years in a ski rental shop and it meant I had my finger on the pulse as far as the winter goes the snow the conditions and for this mission it was mid-winter and there wasn't actually that much snow around it was actually pushing more on to the end of winter and I wanted to go to a place known as Cameron Hut now Cameron Hut is located at the top of a long valley known as the Cameron Valley and the Cameron River runs through the Cameron Valley and it's a very beautiful area that I'd come to love and go back to many times over and over again but this was the first time I had been there and this is where we get to the the fact that you probably should go to a hut in fine weather as opposed to the interesting weather that I encountered so I made my way across the Canterbury Plains made my way into the foothills into Hakatere Conservation Park and then eventually I got to a small car park which is at the entrance to the Cameron Valley and that's after passing Lake Heron uh, and Lake Heron of course near Lake Clearwater and these are the Ashburton Lakes and that's a really stunning area definitely worth a visit uh, so when I was making my way through the Ashburton Lakes there was more and more snow starting to fall onto the windscreen of the car and so at this stage I just thought that was gonna make the trip a little bit more interesting uh, and I'll be okay because I've got all my gear and I'll be able to just push on through. Now by the time I got to the little car park the signs that told you about the times it would take to get to the hut they were actually plastered with snow <laughs> as the snow was driving in now and um, it was starting to stick to things. But I had all my gear at this stage and I'd been on a few winter missions I've never been in a situation where I was too cold so I wasn't worried about that and at this point in time I'd read a reasonably old hiking guide and in it it said that it was around four to five hours to the hut so I'd arrived at the car park just before lunchtime and thought oh well, if it's four to five hours 12 o'clock now I'm coming in and I'm going to enjoy a nice evening meal and have a nice night at the hut so that was the plan and I set off so I started to follow this beautiful river which of course Cameron you're familiar with and you make your way up you're always on one side of the river so no river crossings on this one uh, you pass a, a little hut which is a very beautiful looking hut and it's actually owned by the station the big farm that this valley set in and I've always wanted to go there but of course you need permission and it's locked so I walked on past that and as I did things started to sort of close in things started to get a bit darker now it's sort of mid-afternoon now and the snow hadn't stopped so the snow's still coming down but it was kind of light at, up until that point so now it's quite dark and I get to a point where you have to climb up a, uh, a kind of a steep section and when I got to the top of this I looked back down the valley and the whole thing was swallowed by the clouds and I was in the middle of a blizzard now so I kept on going 
So, so you're, so you're, so you're. Are you looking down on Cloud, or are you, or are you just in everything? You can't see anything. I'm just now? in. I'm just in and up. So sometimes when it's snowing, it's quite light. Um, hence the term whiteout. But it got real dark. <laughs> and um, so, so at what point? Like, how long did it take before you were like clear weather, fine? To oh, oh, I can't see anything anymore. Uh, so it was, it was reasonable no i wouldn't say clear weather ever okay. it was reasonable when i started i could see up the mountains a bit um but by the time i got to this point i couldn't see barely anything now okay um so we're in quite a quite a severe blizzard okay um and i've climbed a few hundred meters higher than what i've been in the valley by the river so as i've done that i've got into sort of deeper snow which is starting to slow me down and once you get up and over this little bluffy bit, you go back down and you back down beside the river again. And so I got back down beside the river, and now it's sort of late afternoon, and I'm at that four to five, I would have been at the five-hour point now. And so I'm thinking, well, I must be getting pretty close, because <laughs> it told me that it was only going to take four to five hours. And the blizzard's just getting heavier and heavier, and I go to take a drink of water, and my water bottle, which is always attached to my waist belt on my pack, is frozen, the water inside it. So that water is frozen while I'm walking along, um, which showed how cold it was. So I needed to find a stream before I could even drink any water. And so eventually I found a stream, had a little drink, and then I kept pushing on. And it started to get into the evening, and that light started to fade. And I was now thinking, uh-oh, this is, this is getting really interesting now. Where is this hut? So I pushed up through a whole big rocky section. And I then saw a marker post. And if I hadn't seen this marker post, you know, who knows what would have happened. But luckily I saw it. And... I climbed up and over a small ridge, so now I'm amongst the moraine, and the moraine is the stacks of rocks or boulders that a glacier has pushed in front of it, and then it's left behind as it's retreated. And I see, I peer through this blizzard and spot the little triangle shape of a hut. Uh, and like when I found the bivy in the last story, as soon as you see something man-made in a place like that, you, you know what you're looking at. You know it's not an artificial thing um, so I stumbled my way towards the uh, the hut and then burst into the hut um, and was there and quite relieved to be there because the storm kept raging on uh, now I made quite a good feed and had about a quarter of it before I just passed out too tired so by the morning it cleared up quite a bit quite substantially and I got to look out the window. And Cam, as you know from your visit there, what a view from Cameron Hut of those massive big jagged peaks with all the uh, fresh snow dripping down from them. So it was worth the effort I put in and worth the uh, interestingness, <laughs> I guess you could say. Is that a word? <laughs> And, and and with how interesting it was wow yes, yes. um that's so, that sounds that sounds ve very familiar 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but we don't want to give too much away there's, about. There's, <laughs> <laughs> hearing a lot of hearing a lot of similar story beats. <laughs> mm, mm. So you you get you get to this hut and it's quite um, funny how you go back through the hut book and um, I don't know how it works in other places around the world. I'm guessing it's probably the same, but the hut book is like an institution here in New Zealand where each hut will have its own book and that there is the history of the hut so uh oh, excuse me <coughs> sorry um so you go back through it and you do see if you think of editing that out you're 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 crazy that's staying in okay that's that's, right. that's that's, that's staying in <laughs> um lazy yeah you know moving on um and so you go back through the history and you'll see that some people have had the same thing where they've read this four to five hours and i mean i'm sure you could if you were a lot fitter um a lot more experienced get to the hut in four to five hours uh, but i've been back there a couple of times since and it's just like <laughs> You would be flying to get there in that amount of time. Have you, really you sent a um, Have you sent a strongly and, worded email to anyone about it? Well, so so now, much like in my first adventure on these amazing podcasts that we are now listening to, <laughs> um, things have all been updated and changed, and it it does sometimes take a few people having a little interesting experience um, for something to to get updated. Um, Luckily, in this, well, hang on, we haven't even finished the story yet, Cam. Okay, sorry, sorry. We're still, we're still, we're still. <clears throat> so, in the morning, which was a thing that I found pretty amazing, is there was snow in the hut that had been blasted through the um, tiny little cracks in the door. Wow. And that's a testament to that storm. Like it was, it was a rager, and like I knew that the weather was coming in. Like, it's not like I went out and didn't read the forecast. Uh, but I just had this mindset of, because of all my experience as a hiking guide, um, and the fact that the track is marked the whole way through, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> uh, so, so the next day I woke up and see all this snow that's been blasted in by the storm. But it's cleared up a bit now. And um, have some brekkie, have a coffee, and then get on my way. And the track that I've made to come in through the snow, completely gone. No sign of it whatsoever. Uh, but as I retraced the, my steps back down the track, back out of the valley, I could kind of see places where I, I went a little off track, which may have added a little bit of time to the journey. Right. Um, but yeah, like four to five hours. Whew. So, um, so yeah, but how long? How long did it all? Did it take you all up to get there? So seven and a half hours to get to the hut the first time. Wow! So I was getting there, like, because I left at lunchtime. So. And was this your? This was like, your first time getting that going there. First time, first time to the hut. Oh, the the, um, ca the Cameron hut loves first timers. Oh man, oh. does it ever? Does it ever? It's a um. It can be a relentless valley and. The mountains at the end of it, the Aerosmiths, are the closest big gnarly mountains to Christchurch. And so it's a very popular valley. And in the summer, it sees lots of people. Um, but in the winter, 
she's a, a different place, uh, indeed. Wow. Cool. All right. So, well, that's another another good story. I'm seeing a theme uh, with some of your stories, though, a, a, a theme of uh, Mark's overconfidence. <laughs> absolutely. And this is a few of them. The whole reason I would write them is to tell people, you know, to show people that you, you've got to think about things. And I didn't. It's, wow. it's learn from my mistakes and then go out and don't make those mistakes as opposed to because you see in New Zealand all the time people getting into situations where maybe there's heavy rain and now they're trapped in a flooding situation and you think why didn't they look at the weather forecast and go uh, that's probably not a good <laughs> idea to go out um, and then I think hang on but you went out in that storm so I've learned the hard way and hopefully other people won't learn that way. Um, yeah, well, you've had some, some close, some close shaves. L luckily, nothing that's that's been more than uh, really more than just an inconvenience. But um, yeah, I mean, considering that you fell, you fell fifteen feet off a cliff in our last episode, and uh, meters, meters. Sorry, my yep, North American meters, friend. Thank you, meters. <laughs> um, mm. yeah, and you were okay. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Well, that's oh. where that's where the irony of a uh, industrial chiller unit door taking out my hip <laughs> comes into play. Yeah, of all you, the things you do, two hundred and fifty trips across the rugged alpine. Um, uh, uh, I need I need a, a better word than wasteland. Splendor. Splendor. Thank you. The splendor of wild New Zealand Aotearoa, and then you get taken out by a fridge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. and yeah, because people are like when I talk to people that I haven't seen for a while, and explain like why I'm in Christchurch, they instantly assume, oh, so he's been fallen off a rock face, or he's come down in an avalanche, or something like that. And well, you I know say, what, no, mate? That might that might be better for the brand, eh? Like, do you do you want to retcon that and just just <laughs> just make up another story? <laughs> That's a good. Point. Yeah, I mean. It would. It wouldn't work if we were recording this conversation, though. I was after the elusive giant Kia when it picked yes. me up and sailed me <laughs> twenty meters in the air and dropped me, like trying to crack a tortoise shell. But I said, "No, nature." And I fought and I struggled, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll work on that. What? It's a, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's 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 we'll we're, we're gonna we're gonna craft you a uh, you're, you're gonna be the easygoing beer grills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and no urine drinking if I can avoid it. Yeah, like, no. Except no. Yeah, okay. No, you don't have to drink urine. I guess fine. Okay. All right. Now, uh, as always, it's time for uh, one of our favorite segments here on. Um, Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers. It's talking to Rio with Mark and Cam. Yay! Brilliant, brilliant theme song as always. Yeah. Now, Mark, I am going to warn you. Considering your high scores so far in the last two episodes, I have prepared one that I do consider a little bit more difficult. So I am going to spell this name for you. Uh, this is a plant that you mentioned way back in episode one, uh, and it is spelt M 
A T A G O U R I. Okay, dokes. So, folks, we are looking at Matagauri. Very good, Mark. All things considered. Oh, yes. All things considered. Now, I am going to give Tough you one. an award of a 7 out of 10 this time around. Oh. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you pronounced the word Matagauri. Uh, if you look at the spelling, the O-U uh, should be pronounced Matagauri. Gauri. Uh, however, you still get the 7, and I'll tell you why. Because this is a very interesting word, and after a little bit of Mr. Clark's research, uh, the term Matagari, as we would uh, pronounce, as we would pronounce it with, with Matagari, Matagari. <laughs> it's great. It's great when you've got somebody called Gary in your party where you're guiding them, because you can always be, hey, what's the matter? And then you point at them, Gary, Matagari. <laughs> Yeah, it becomes... Anyway, sorry. Now, when you're avoiding the Matagari, um, what I did was, after a little bit of research, I found out um, that it's actually an English word because when they first figured out uh, what to call it, uh, they wrote it down the way they thought the Maori said it. So the Maori name oh. for it is Matakora. And wow. so it's actually an English spelling of a Maori word. So it's not actually a Maori word. You can say it whatever bloody way you want. So that's quite terrible the more you think about it. Like... So that, that could be another <laughs> level, isn't it? Not only wow. not only pronouncing it our own way, we're even going to spell it our own way now. <laughs> wow. So uh, I'm, I'm so lost and even more confused than when we started. So if you want, if you want to, if you want to add to the woke, uh, the woke Maori pronunciation movement, don't even call it Matagari. Or, mat or attempt to call it, attempt to use Maori pronunciation on an English spelt word, matagori, instead it will be matakora. 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 Oh, kia ora. Uh, kia ora. Ah, kapai. Uh, also known as, uh, there's another beautiful name, tumatakuru. Tumatakuru. Uh, and also known as, and you'll love this, wild Irishman. <laughs> Excellent. So there's, we've got horrid Spaniard. We've got a wild Irishman. We've got broom, like broom Scots. We've got the Scots in there somehow. What the hell so, is it with uh, names for plants being negative adjective followed by ethnicity? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, and I'm when, sure as... <laughs> when are we going to get, like, we, when are we going to get terrible Swede? Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we'll have the um, as we pushed through the difficult American, we made it to the other side. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not making this a theme of the podcast. It just keeps popping no, up. A, but like, but now yeah. I, I want to find another plant with a with a with a with a borderline offensive name that we could that we could talk about. <laughs> wow. The more you know. The, the more, more you, you know. know. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, I, I think we're done here, aren't we? 
Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Cameron, as oh, always. Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. So we'll call it there, folks. Um, as always, if you uh, want to read Mark's stories and see visuals of what he's talking about, you can go to nzhikes.co.nz. Uh, on Instagram, nzhikes.co.nz, Facebook slash nzhikes. Uh, hashtags, when we get around to joining Twitter, uh, <laughs> at the point of recording, <laughs> haven't done that yet. Uh, hashtag Onamish, hashtag Bent Dub Nation, hashtag nzhikes. Uh, as always, Mark's charity, uh, Active Hearts Foundation, activeheartsfoundation.org. And uh, also, I've been reading that I'm supposed to ask you to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts uh, or, or anything else that you can review us on. Uh, that's, that's, that's in the podcast book. I've got to add for that as well. So if you, if you enjoyed it, give us a five-star review. If you didn't enjoy it, don't, don't give anything. Don't give a one-star. Just don't do anything. Just, mm, mm. just forget about us. Fine. Just wait till the next one. <laughs> Maybe to the next one. That that might be the one that, that gets you hooked. Or maybe, maybe, do us a solid, and even if you didn't like it, give it a five star anyway. You know? Just a click. Who's going to know? Just a click. Who's going to know? Yeah, no one. No one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Always a pleasure. Nice chatting with you. And uh, we will uh, sign out. This has been Bushwhacked, Not the Wrestlers. Uh, true Tales of Adventure from the wilds of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Kakite ano. Kakite. <laughs>